Welcome to The House Podcast. We hope today's message resonates with you and inspires you as you grow in your understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. We're glad you're here. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be together. Um, I am going to talk to you out of uh, the very last chapter of uh, this letter to the Colossians. Um, I want to talk to you specifically from Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 7. That's where we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, The Apostle Paul is an extraordinary human being. Um, He... uh, by the time he wrote this letter to, the, to, 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 to this young, uh, fledgling group of believers, um, he had been halfway around the northern part of the Mediterranean. He, had, uh, he was preaching and planting churches everywhere he went. And, um, and as a result, I mean, he was, he was uh, beaten, he was stoned, just, just think about that. Like how many of us would get up and go back to work uh, after somebody lined you up against a wall and hucked boulders at you, you know? Uh, he was put in prison. Uh, in, 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 in about a dozen cities, he, he, he was known as both a hero and a villain uh, just because of the work of the, the, the gospel. Um, and he's coming, he's writing to this, to this group of brand new believers, okay? And I think that's important because brand new believers smell different than everybody else, okay? Brand new believers are so much fun to be around and we should all be a little more like them, um, but they, 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 they're very zealous, right? And so he's got these brand new believers and, he's, and, and, and he knows by his own life that they are about to deal with some challenges and he's trying to get them ready, and in his parting words, he's trying to give them some encouragement and some wisdom and how to communicate with people who don't think like they do, with people who don't understand them now that they are followers of Christ, with people who don't actually even like them. And so Paul is trying to encourage them. Um, Working with uh, uh, brand new believers is, 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 is quite exciting. Um, here, this, I've been part of this ministry for 16 years at some level. Um, and uh, on Sunday nights, this place is packed with young adults. A uh, lot of university students. And, and they're, they're coming with a whole bunch of questions. Questions about life, about their future, about what's up and what's down. And so as a result, as pastors, we have had um, the joy of being at ground zero and on a regular basis, they're, they're making decisions and they're opening their heart to Christ and they're beginning a walk with Jesus. And, um, and it's, it's, it's just a lot, lot of fun. Um, in, in so many ways, brand new believers remind me of high school kids that are in love. You ever seen two high school kids that are in love? Like they, they, their hearts are so full they can't they can't stop touching each other. You know, you know? Uh, but they have no self regulation. They have no idea they're in public. 
And they're Googling each other. I'm not sure if that's a word or goggling or you know what I mean. And, um, and, and they're in a, in a public place. And, and I, I find that brand new believers are so zealous often. Uh, but, they, but they have no self-regulation. I remember a couple of years ago, a, a young guy had given his life to the Lord. And, and, um, and, and actually, God had broken off an addiction, a very serious addiction uh, that he had. And so him and I were meeting at Tim Hortons there on Enterprise for just, just, to, just to encourage him, you know. And this, I mean, he was vibrating. He was so excited about his relationship with Jesus. And every few minutes, he'd excuse himself from our conversation. And then he'd bolt to, to some other table and he'd find an empty chair, sit down and start talking to people about Jesus. And then he'd come back and, and then the whole time we're talking, he's reading the room, he's sensing, you know? And, and, then, and then, then, then he takes off again and now he's laying his hands on a complete stranger praying for them. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, this guy is killing me. And uh, he did that for the entire time we were together. When we went back to the same restaurant the next week, the regulars that are there saw him and all moved to the back part of the, 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 the coffee shop. And I said to him, I said, dude, I'm so happy to meet with you. Uh, really, I am. Um, it just won't be in public because you are killing me here. I, you just, just got to reel it in. You got to bring it down a little bit. And um, the, the, there's a great verse that says, zeal without wisdom or zeal without knowledge is not good. In fact, zeal without wisdom is a dangerous thing. And Paul says to this church, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. He said, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Essentially, Jesus commissions us to take his precious Holy Spirit into the world and to become light, salt, and leaven in the world that we live in, in the world that we operate in. But how do you become light, salt, and leaven when the people you work with or the people you live around um, are not the least bit interested in the Christian message? How do you do that? And Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. He said, let your words be filled, be full of grace seasoned with salt. Is it possible that, that, that the Apostle Paul is teaching us how to honor people that come into our lives? How to honor them. And, and honor is when you recognize someone for who they are without stumbling over who they are not. Now this is a discipline. This is something that we have to learn, we have to practice, we have to, we have to develop. It's a muscle that we have to grow. Um, it's the ability to, to recognize and celebrate someone's beauty. If, even if they don't have the same worldview that you do, even if they don't have the same beliefs that you do, can you still see God's beauty in them and their uniqueness and can you celebrate that? When you learn to honor someone, you create an atmosphere for them to bring their authentic self to the table. 
if they think you're going to, you're already critical of them, and the world thinks that we're already critical of them, then they, don't, they, they will not bring their authentic self to the table. They'll bring, you know, a protected, a defensive version of themselves. Honor is like heaven's secret weapon, I think. Honor, it, it is a kingdom expression when you honor somebody. And when it is given to another human being, it in itself releases life. It releases life when you choose that I'm gonna, I'm gonna honor you for who you are. It releases life. And the birthplace of honor really is humility. Peter said, clothe yourself in humility. What he was talking about, wrap yourself in a deep regard for other people. That's humility. If you ever met the most humble person in the world and you spent some time with them, you would not leave that conversation or that engagement thinking, wow, that is the most humble person I've ever met in my life. Rather, you would leave that conversation thinking, boy, that guy really cares about me. That, that lady really, really cares about me. That's what humility looks like. And when you wrap yourself in deep regard for other people, um, you, you, you learn how to listen to people. You esteem the relationships that are given to you. You, you, you give them value. The Bible says God resists the proud. Now get this, this is really powerful. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know what that means? That means humility recruits grace. It attracts grace. When you get up and you step into your world and you go, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way today. My mission is to leave every single person better than I find them somehow. You know what you've done? You've, you, you've literally just opened yourself up and heaven begins to pour grace, which is strength and wisdom through you, into you, so that it can flow through you. As soon as you can take your eyes off yourself and put it, your eyes on what others may need in your world, you become a conduit for God's grace. When you are full of grace, you are a healer. Everywhere you go, you can be a healer. You, you, you can be a healer with, with the attention and the interest you give to the person at the, ca the cashier at the, at the grocery store with a person that's serving you at the restaurant or the coffee shop. You actually have more power than you really imagine. A unifying principle of scripture is this, that your relationship with God has a direct correlation to how you treat people. The more connected you are with God, the more you value people. The more connected you are with God, the higher priority people become in your life. The more connected you, you, you know something? If, if you think you're, 
consider yourself to be a, a, a godly person, but you don't have the time of day for your neighbor, I mean your literal neighbor, then, then you, you need to be rethinking some things. Because you know what God cares about? Your neighbor. He cares about your neighbor. And the same way you treat people is evidence to your connection to God. Do you want to see what this, what it looks like to be salt, light, and leaven in the the world that we live in? Is is in Ezekiel 47 verse 12. I love this. I, I love this picture. Along the bank of the river, on this side and on that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They'll bear fruit every month because of their water flows from the sanctuary. Their food will be, their fruit will be for food, and their leaves will be for healing. What a beautiful picture! As you and I drink from the presence of God. And we go out and we work and we do what we do. And people come to us. I I think leaves of healing could so easily be understood as words of encouragement and life and kindness. And they come and they pass through our lives. And they, 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 they walk away with something that's inspiring, encouraging, that leaves them lighter than when they found us. Speaking of word, of word, word, of um, speaking a word in season, a word of encouragement in season is ab- can, you you have no idea it can be absolutely life changing for the person. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to be kind and to speak a, a, a word of encouragement to someone, and yet it's priceless for the person who's receiving it. Marcy and I uh, were, were quite involved with Green Bay Bible Camp for um, a number of years over on the west side. And um, I think 20-some years we were chaplains there. And about 30 years ago, maybe even 34 years ago, I think we figured it out, it was about 34 years ago, one of the staff was uh, sharing her story. She was a young lady, her name was Shauna. She was in her mid-20s. Her and her husband were there. And um, she said that, uh, she, she shared how um, coming through high school, like she had her youth group, she, they were in um, uh, Carster, no, um, Claire's Home, Alberta, tiny little town, Claire's Home, Alberta. And um, when as she was going through high school, she got real pretty. She went from an awkward stage to where she was very pretty and she became very popular in her high school. And now all the cool kids wanted to hang out with her, but they wanted to hang out with her at the bar. They wanted to hang out with her at the party. And so she found herself really torn because she was a pretty active member of the youth group at her church. And now she's, uh, now she's rarely there. She's uh, always partying with these people. And she said it was, it was a, she was conflicted about it, but, but she would rather hang out with cool people. And one day she's sitting at the bar waiting for her friends to show up. And then she, every time somebody comes in through the bar, she, she checks the door to see who it is. And is it her friend? Is that the person she's waiting for? And she said she's sitting at the back end of the, the bar. 
And this older guy walks in and he's looking around and when he sees her, it's like he recognized her. It's like she is the reason he was there. And she said, I watched him as he walked right up to me and he smiled and he said, you're too sweet for a place like this. You don't belong here. And he turned around and he walked out. And she said his words somehow just pierced her. She said she felt so torn apart that, 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 that she couldn't even stick around and wait for her friend. She just got up and she left. She said it took 10 seconds for him to say what he said. And it changed the trajectory of my life. And that's the power of spirit-inspired word of encouragement. And the truth of the matter is, we, 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 to, to, to be a great encourager, to be one, to be a picture of that tree, you, you need a couple of things. You, you, you need to have a heart that's open to God. You need to have a heart that's responsive to God. And number two, you need to start looking for beauty in the people who are in your life. Because we know this, we always see what we are looking for. If you're looking for something to criticize, get in line. I'll give you stuff to criticize. You can watch my life for half a day and you'll have enough to criticize for the next week. And what a great ministry you have. Thank you so much. For, that spirit, for the gift of criticism. But if you're looking for beauty, if you're looking for something redemptive, something good, something, you'll, you'll see that. You will see that. Because God wants you to see it so that you can speak to it. So that you can inspire and encourage the person. And you start walking around looking for beauty and you start to see it. And all of a sudden you realize that the father is, is giving you eyes to see things that you couldn't see before. And then you start speaking to it. And all of a sudden you, you're pulling grace from heaven right down to earth. And his kingdom is coming on earth as it is in heaven. Um, one of the reasons encouragement is so important is because as human beings we have a negativity bias we are so self-critical but if you do ten th nine things right at work and one thing wrong what are you going to think about when you're going to bed we fixate on, on, on the negative and, 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 and it's just so critical and so important because we all go through struggles. We all struggle. We all fail sometimes, every single one of us. And when you feel like a complete failure, self-talk doesn't work. What you need is the powerful sound of another human's voice speaking over you. Strength and courage and kindness. 
Maybe that's why the scripture says, encourage one another while it's called today, lest you become hardened in your heart through the, what? The deceitfulness of sin. Encourage one another while it's called today. You know, when I think about the millions of conversations that I have had in my life, they're all a blur. Most of them just kind of blend together and it's just a lot of white noise. But I can remember the conversations where someone lifted my soul. I can still go back through time and go, that was an incredible moment. That moment shifted me. That moment left me, left me uh, inspired. This headset is really driving me crazy. Um, I've, I've, told, I've, I've mentioned this before, but um, by the time I was 19, my life had been marked by failure and shame and self-doubt. I put on a good front, but I really did not believe that I had the intelligence. I didn't believe I had the capacity or even the constitution to ever live out the dreams that were in my heart. And so I felt incredibly hopeless. All the while pretending that I've got this, that I've, you know, that I'm, that I'm in control and yet really just not even knowing how I'm going to get through I don't know what my future looks like. And one day, we were, I was leaving the church. It was in the evening. Going to my truck. I'm 19 years old. And I have this really cool uncle. And um, he, he's cool for a lot of reasons. He's only 10 years older than I am. And um, I just have a lot of respect for him. And I like him. And he, he's coming out of the church same time I am. He walks up to me. And he puts his arm around me. We're walking to our vehicles. And he said, I've been thinking about you today, Ed. He said, I'm so glad I bumped into you. I was thinking about you today. He said, and I think you're going to encourage a lot of people in your life. I don't know why, but I think you're going to do that. And uh, he said, I just thought I'd tell you that. And he gets in his truck and I get in my truck. And he leaves unchanged. And I leave with a heart that for the first time in a long, long years had hope. Had hope. I, I, I meet people all the time that don't have hope. And when I see beauty in them and I speak to it, I let them know you can use my words until you see your own beauty. You can use mine. And I took my uncle's words and I used them and I went back to them for years until I saw my own call for myself and realized that he was right. He was exactly right. It took my uncle 20 seconds to say those words. Um, I got married about six years after this event and he was the MC at our wedding and so when we're saying thank yous, my wife and I, I, I said to my Uncle Ron, I said, I want to just say thank you. You have no idea what you gift, the gift you gave me. That day in the parking lot when you said such and such and such. And um, he came up to me afterwards. He said, I have no recollection of that event ever happening. 
He said, I, 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 I have no memory of that at all. But you see, it doesn't really matter, does it? That's the thing. Is it didn't mean as much to him, but it meant the world to me. And, and, and your words to your kids and your words to your colleagues, they, they, they may not mean that much to you, but you can change a person's life if you will speak with care. So you look for beauty. I'm going to invite Isabel to come on up. Most of us live in a, in a world where we're constantly being evaluated, we're being analyzed, we're being labeled. It is so, so refreshing when somebody steps into your world and they're looking for something good in you. And they're looking for something kind in you. And they're looking for something redemptive. And, and, and then they, they, they see it and, and, and they give it back to you. And they honor you with it. Those are the kind of people I want to be around. Those are the kind of people I will listen to. Those are the kind of people. I want to know what makes them tick. See, it's in the richness of that type of living that the gospel is released and received more readily, more richly. That's what Paul is talking about. He said, that's why, let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Make your life about somebody else and allow God's grace to flow in you and through you to others. So I pray that we would move into our communities and into our workplaces that kind of a heart that kind of a attitude and that kind of discipline I mean I work with people who are anti-Christian to, the, to an extreme and yet I still have a call in a ministry to them and it's hard sometimes it's hard but it still works when they're hurting, I can still be an encouragement. When people are down, and they, 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 that's when they need you the most. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for your precious, precious Holy Spirit that is operating inside of us. Thank you, Father, that your spirit is igniting and activating within us faith and hope and love and all oh, and love. That you would give us new eyes to see people in our world. Give us new eyes to see those who are outside of our belief the way you see them. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. I pray that our lives would be um, refreshing to the communities that we live in and the workplaces that we, we go to. In Jesus' name.